It would be easy to hear Jesus' words as praise for the woman and an indictment against Simon. Acceptance for one and rejection of, of the other. Yet, if we hear his words this way, that would make Jesus just like Simon, judgmental. And I don't think we think of Jesus as, as judgy. I don't. Jesus is simply stating the obvious, a statement of fact, not of judgment. Simon, this is what you did not do. This is what the woman did. He is teaching Simon, and by extension, us. He's juxtaposing the images of Simon and the woman as two ways of being in the world. And the truth is, we live on a continuum between Simon on one end and the woman on the other. I know times in my life when I have been Simon, closed off, judgmental, hateful. And I know other times in my life when I have been like the woman, giving, generous, loving. I have been and am both. So are you. We are like Simon when we become rigid narrow, and we codify life. We see rules and norms and beliefs as more important than people. We expect Jesus to see and think and act just like us. We pretend to be something we are not. We have a need to be seen by others in a very particular way. We judge, we exclude, we diminish others. We are sure that we are always right and others are always wrong. And we are excessively confident and arrogant about our place and position in the world, superior to all others. Whenever we are like Simon, our life is hard and closed. We offer no water, no kiss, no oil. At those times, we are neither present nor available to the fullness of life, to the needs of others, or even to ourselves. We are like the woman when we do not allow our life to be determined determined by the judgments of others. We let go of perfectionism, and the need to be approved by others. We orient our life to see and think and act like Jesus, because we are Christians. We love without reserve or holding back. We live without pretense. We have no need to be right or in control or to be the winner. We are willing to change and grow. We are vulnerable, authentic, and transparent. Whenever we are like the woman, our life is soft and open, open to new life and possibility. 
We break open the alabaster jars of our life, the expensive oil, and we offer it freely to those around us. At those times, we are fully alive and fully present to the life before us, no longer bound by the past, by the judgment of others. We are free to go in peace. That's the essential difference between the woman and Simon. She is free, and he is a captive. The woman sees a life to which Simon is blind. In many ways, this gospel text between these two individuals what orients our life in a particular direction, shaping who we are and how we relate to others. At the base of this gospel text is forgiveness, the freedom to be fully alive and fully present for oneself and for others. The difficulty is that we often approach forgiveness psychologically. We associate it with our past and the past of another person. We remember experiences, words, actions, and feelings always. And one ever forgets any transgression of the past. And we make those transgressions concrete, defining the characteristics and the identity of ourselves, but also of other. And then we project that past as a future reality. In so doing, we set boundaries and limits for what we can and cannot be in the world. That's what Simon has done here. He knows this woman's past. She's a woman of the city, a sinner. And that's how he sees her today, in this moment. And it's how he will see her tomorrow and the day after. Regardless of what she's doing in the moment, the extravagant love she is offering, all he can see is her past. The woman, for her part, she knows that history all too well. Yet something within her has changed, has come alive. It is as if she is saying in this moment, not today, never again. In the presence of Jesus, she refuses to be bound by the past. The feelings, the failings, the stares, the thoughts, the reputation, the voices, the judgment. She refuses, not today, never again. And in that moment, a new life and a new existence emanate from her, pour forth from her. And she offers this new life extravagantly to God, but also as a way for us to go forward in life. The freedom that God offers to us in forgiveness It's not simply the chance to make another choice. 
or a better choice or to do life differently because we can never go back and change the past. But we do have the freedom to be different here today. We do have the freedom to no longer be bound to the past. We have the freedom to know that who we are and all that we have done does not diminish God's love for us or our potential to know and live life fully, beautifully, generously. But the choice is yours, the past or today. In Toni Morrison's novel, Beloved, which is my favorite book, there's a moment in the book when the character Baby Suggs, a free slave and, and very much a Christ figure in the novel, she's consoling her daughter-in-law, Setha. And Setha is a runaway slave, and she is consumed with shame and grief. She had this choice of being recaptured um, and letting her children be taken back into slavery or killing her child to save her child from a life of slavery. She killed her child. And baby Sug says to Setha, you got to lay him down, sword and shield, down, down. Both of them down. Down by the riverside, sword and shield. Don't study war no more. Lay all that mess down, sword and shield. Forgiveness, freedom. It is for everyone. You, me, the woman, Simon. But we have to make the decision to accept it. We have to make the decision to lay it all down, the sword and the shield. We have to make the decision regardless of how the world judges us or sees us or diminishes us or our past faults and failures, we are forgiven, always. And we are to go in peace. We are to live abundant and loving lives. But the choice is always ours. But the gift is always there for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.